Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon to you. Welcome to Calvary Live. Jason Vanderveer here with you. Looking forward to another great hour. Taking your calls, questions, and prayer requests about the Bible and about Christianity right here. That's what this program's about. Appreciate uh, all of you tuning in uh, up and down the front range of Colorado and Wyoming. Welcome to you. And, of course, those in the Northeast uh, on Hope FM, Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and our Truth FM listeners, Kentucky, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Welcome to all of you. 303-690-3000. You can call that number regardless of where you're located. That's the number for you, 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand, and uh, we've got all our lines open. The, the top of the show is always a great time to call. A little bit easier to get through as well, and uh, you don't have to wait so long. And uh, so uh, that's uh, always a nice thing. So if you pick up the phone now, dial that number. We'll get you in and get you on the air with your question. Uh, if you prefer to text, you can do that as well. We have a special text number uh, that you can use seven two zero three three six zero eight. Nine seven seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Do me a favor, uh, prayer requests uh, or questions. Just try to give me a succinct one sentence text if you can, so I can digest that and answer it on the air. We'll try to kind of intersperse those with some of the calls uh, as we're able and, and and answer as many of those as we can. But the uh, best way to get through and and get your question or your prayer request answered three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Just call in live. Join us on the. I'm Jason Vandiver. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado, and you can get information about our fellowship, including service times. If you want to join us next, you can do so on Sunday morning, and uh, you can uh, find all that information at calvarychapelparker.com. That's calvarychapelparker.com. A lot of great resources available for you online there, including studies through the entire Bible, audio or video, to download, stream, at will, pick your book, your chapter, just go through a book or a section of the Bible and uh, study it uh, with us, whether it's one of our current studies or uh, something in our archive there, calvarychapelparker.com. 303-690-3000, the number here. Let's go to Justin in Colorado Springs. Justin, uh, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? I'm doing really well. How are you doing? Absolutely blessed, my friend. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing a little bit of research on um, the Book of Enoch because there's been a lot of talk about it at my college, and um, I just kind of been looking into it myself. And uh, I guess my question—I uh, don't know—it's kind of a complicated question, but the best way I can simplify it is: Why do we con- why do we not consider it um, inspired? Um, you know the book of Jude obviously says Enoch prophesied, um, and then he begins to quote from chapter 1 of the book of Enoch. Um, and, and so I, I guess my question is, if, if he uses the word prophecy specifically, um, doesn't that mean he spoke on behalf of God, similarly to the rest of um, canon, can, canonical scriptures?
scripture. Um, and I guess if we don't consider it um, inspired, are, is there a certain criteria that it doesn't meet that the others do? Or what yeah, are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, so there's really a couple issues when it comes to Enoch, and I think think that we've got to be careful. Uh, sometimes, you know, we can kind of get it caught up in the discussion and lose sight of some important things. And, and sure. that's name, namely just because the book of Enoch carries his name doesn't mean that, that, that Enoch is the author. So no one would question that, that biblically uh, Enoch is, is a godly man. I mean, one of the two people who walked with God and, 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 and God took him. You know, uh, like yeah. a like Elijah, the Bible says Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God God took him. So you know, he's he's a fascinating individual, of course, uh, going back to the 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 fifth chapter uh, of Genesis. So the the problem with the book of Enoch is is that it's it's it, there's several books like the book of Enoch, and and works that are believed to be falsely attributed uh, to to an author. And the dating of the book of Enoch, typically even even some of the earliest dating, uh, is well after the time of Enoch. So when Jude quotes Enoch, um, if you notice, uh, Jude is not necessarily quoting a book of Enoch. Jude is quoting uh, Enoch as as a man, uh, something perhaps that was handed down through through oral tr- uh, tradition. Uh, then, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, it's difficult to speculate exactly what happened, uh, but uh, quite possibly then that, that quotation through oral tradition makes its way uh, into a book bearing the name of Enoch. Um, Jude's quote is, is really not the, uh, uh, the only quote, by the way, in the Bible from a, a non-biblical source. Um, so simply because someone quotes something in the Bible doesn't mean that what has been quoted Quoted should now be part of the canon of Scripture. For example, uh, Paul quotes uh, Epimenides uh, in Titus, and uh, so uh, you know um, he quotes other uh, philosophers concerning uh, Cretans and 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 so forth. So uh, the the best. Uh, advice I can give you in terms of understanding better. There's a great work I, I actually I think I even quoted it last week in a different context. But um, there's a, a classic resource if you want to better understand. And maybe you've already read this, but uh, for others who maybe haven't, it's called the Canon of Scripture by F. F. Bruce, and it helps people understand the process by which uh, texts became part uh, of the Canon of Scripture. The, the word Canon having this idea of a read or a measuring sticks so something that that measured up and there's uh internal and external requirements for books to be part of the canon of scripture there was of course first the canon of the old testament uh that that was established very early on uh in fact uh you know uh, established well before even the production of the septuagint a couple of centuries before christ uh and then you have the canon uh, of the new testament and typically what these books uh, have to carry is is is, is their authorship uh, needs to be which is what we're talking about and needs to in in most cases need, needs to be able to be established or uh, and then the subject matter has to be consistent with uh, the rest of scripture and then when we're getting into the the New Testament uh, then they were often books or letters that were were recognized by the church they often had claims within them uh, to be uh, 
divinely inspired, uh, and then uh, there was a, a certain evidence uh, that uh, of the uh, spiritual benefit that they produced in the lives of those who studied those works. And so, uh, as I said, F.F. Uh, F. Bruce does a, a very eloquent job of going through uh, how the Scripture was established and the process for, for canonizing Scripture. And so having said all of that, there there is quite a bit of, uh, of things that the Book of Enoch doesn't meet. Uh, the timing of the writing of the Book of Enoch, it's all suspect uh, as to being truly from uh, the man, the biblical character, Enoch. And there's a lot of books, you know, like that. There's the, uh, there's, there's, uh, the so-called Gnostic Gospels and, and, uh, and, and many other books, Gospel of Judas and, and so forth, that are out there. And, and simply because they carry the name uh, of someone who is, who is biblical uh, doesn't necessarily uh, mean that that's accurate. And in a lot of cases, these aren't even complete books. Uh, so in a lot of the cases, a lot of people think that the Gnostic Gospels are these complete Gospels like we have that, that are out there. A lot of times they're simply fragments. Right. So essentially, it sounds like what you're saying is that it doesn't, it's pretty much unprovable that yeah. this was written by Enoch. Maybe the, um, I guess, counterfeit author in this case would be someone who took that portion from the uh, quoted from the book of Jude Perhaps. and inserted it. Perhaps. Yeah, so and, and Yeah, and you can I mean, you know, I don't uh, I don't want to be, you know, a uh, 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 conspiracy conspiracy theorist or whatnot but it, you know if you were someone that was trying to kind of you know pull one over on people why not take an oral tradition quote of Enoch um, yeah. something even and, and then say your uh, because some of the the timing uh, speculation on the book of Enoch is even into the first century. So then maybe you already have it quoted by Jude, and now you insert it into your book. Boy, you've caused a whole world of problems at that point, or at least confusion. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, it's you don't an interesting the word of God. Yeah, it's an interesting subject and 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 then you know you get into some of the subject matter and 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 uh you know a lot of these books and it's just not consistent with the rest of scripture. So so I I would say that that uh suspect is you know putting it fairly mildly uh when it when it comes to some of these uh, apocryphal uh writings. Now Having said that, uh, you know, these things are interesting if you read them and understand what they are, uh, and, and sometimes there's, there's little things that, that you can learn from them, uh, but we don't put them on the, uh, in the classification of authoritative or part of the authoritative Word of God. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. That's very helpful. Can you um, okay. remind me what that... That yep. book you re- referenced again, what was that called again? You bet, and you can probably, uh, well, I'm sure you can. Uh, if you if you like hardcover books, it's out there, but I'm sure you can get it electronically as well. It's called The Canon of Scripture, and the author is F.F. F. Bruce. The Canon of F. Scripture, F.F. F. Bruce, B-R-U-C-E. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's definitely something I want to look into further, for sure. That, that is going to be a key resource for the rest of your life in your library. Uh, it's a it's it's been around for 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 decades and decades, and and uh, but it's still excellent, excellent book. Absolutely, thank you so much. God bless hey, you, sir. Hey, you bet. I'm glad we got you back on, Justin. Take care. Yeah, thanks. Take care.
Yep. So 303-690-3000. I'm Jason Vandiver, the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado. You can find more information about our church at calvarychapelparker.com. That's calvarychapelparker.com. But let's go to Jeff, uh, also from Parker. Jeff, welcome to the program. Hi, Jason. How you doing? I'm um, good. So... Anyway, I was just calling because I was thinking the other day. I'm like, okay, we all came from Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. and so why? So we got this difference between the Gentiles and the Jews. Why? How does these people groups come apart? Is that from like when Cain left, and so right? How so, that came apart? Yeah. Well, I think for the definitive answer to that, you would need to do an extensive study uh, in the tenth chapter of the book of Genesis, which is known as the Table of Nations, and and it and it gives a very detailed answer uh, to your <laughs> questions uh, from the sons of Noah. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Also, if you would like, you can go to uh, our website. I'm pulling it up right now because it wasn't that long ago that we actually uh, did our uh, second series there. There is uh, still video that you can go back. I want to get the message title for you. And it's a message uh, titled, The Descendants of Noah's Sons. It's dated uh, August 6, 2017. So if you go to calvarychapelparker.com and just click on messages at the top of the uh, of your browser there, and then browse to Genesis series 2 and just go to that passage, Genesis chapter 10, you can, you can either listen to audio or you can watch the video of that message. So uh, in, right the meantime, in the meantime, let me actually answer your question uh, here on the air. So you have a bottleneck, uh, obviously, at Noah, because everybody except for Noah and his family dies in the flood, right? So that's where we have, we have kind of the branching out in chapter 10 after the flood, and we have the descendants of, of Noah's family. So everybody goes back uh, in terms of uh, uh, genealogy, in terms of uh, DNA. Everybody would obviously descend from a common set of ancestors, Adam and Eve, uh, but we would also extend back to Noah, right? And and as I said, that, that bottleneck at the time of the flood, and we would either be descendants of Shem, Ham, or uh, Japheth. So we would be Semitic. Uh, you've probably heard of the, the, the Semitic peoples, or we would be Hamites, or we would be uh, Japhethites. And so, uh, and so the different people groups all descend uh, from, from the sons, basically, of Noah at that time. Now, the, the distinction between Jew and Gentile, basically, if you're it's not just Semites, but it would be then the descendants uh, of Israel or Jacob, as he was called before God changed his name. Uh, and so those would be uh, uh, the uh, the Israelites, and everybody else is basically Gentile. Uh, uh, that's how they referred okay. to, to all the other people groups in the world that were basically non-Jewish. And so uh, if you if you look at it that that's kind of a major distinction in the Bible, either Jew or Gentile, at least in terms of of people groups, but it all goes back to the sons of of Noah. And so he describes, you know, the the sons of Japheth in Genesis chapter two. These are uh, the Indo-European peoples. Uh, they extended into India and into Western uh, Europe. Uh, then you kind of scroll down a little bit uh, in in that chapter. 
chapter, and then you have the sons of Ham. Uh, these people, uh, if you look at, at, at the people groups described there, populated Africa in the, and, and the Far East. Uh, then, uh, obviously, as I mentioned, you kind of narrow down, and the Bible does that. It's kind of always funneling down to the line of the Messiah, and then you come to the descendants of Shem, and these are uh, uh, people, uh, uh, obviously not just the Israelites, but uh, uh, Elam is mentioned there, that's Persia and Iran, the Assyrians, uh, Arphaxad is mentioned, he's of course the ancestor of Abraham, Lud, the Lydians, Ar- Aram, which is the Arameans or the Assyrians, um, so, so it's kind of uh, very detailed when you get into yeah, that passage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah so. Okay, well, that's good information. I'll check out your uh, site and look at that. But uh, yep. thanks for your answer there, and uh, you yep. continue to have a great show today. Hey, listen, Jeff, I really appreciate the question, and uh, it's fascinating. And uh, if you want more than uh, just what we've talked about, if you want to then actually get into the dispersion of these people, then you can listen to also our our messages there uh, on the Tower of Babel. And uh, we get into a lot of genetics in those passages. Uh, How could we get all of the variations around the world in eye shape and in skin color and hair type and hair color? How can we get that within just a few generations uh, of the Tower of Babel? And so we answer those questions uh, as well. So uh, genotype, phenotype, and so forth. It's very interesting. I love the subject. I find it fascinating. So Yeah, right. That's in depth though and it's like oh wow how do you do all that so okay well i'll look in genesis 10 i'll read that and then i'll check on your stuff and then i'll check the tower of babel as well so check it out it's uh it's it's a it's a great subject and i appreciate you calling in god bless you jeff Okay, bless you as well, Jason. We'll Take care, brother. See you. 303 Let's go to Ricardo in Denver. Ricardo, welcome. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, good. Uh, I just wanted to see if you can do a big, big prayer, a prayer for one of my friends. I need a, a million, million prayers for her. And what's Please. your what's your friend's uh, name? Carmen. Carmen, and and what's what, what's going on? Uh, we had a, a little accident, and she's she's from the hospital, and I just want to see if you can put her on her. Yep, we'll do it. Well, let's let's do this, Ricardo. Let's pray for Carmen, and uh, let's just—is is Carmen a believer or? Yeah, she's a believer. Okay, and and she's in the hospital right now. Yeah, she's in the hospital since since Sunday, and mm. it's tough as the family's going through a lot, a lot, a lot of pain. Okay. Well, let's let's do this, Ricardo. Let's let let's pray, and I appreciate you calling in and and just you know giving us an opportunity to pray for Carmen. Thank Father, you, we just thank you. Father, we just we I, I thank you for Ricardo. I thank you for his heart, for his friend, uh, Lord. I I uh, can just hear it in his voice, Lord, the weight that this is uh, for him and and um, likely for many other fr- friends and family members, Lord. I just pray for a peace. Uh, for them to come over them right now, Lord, I just pray that you'd give them clarity as they as they seek you and as they intercede. And Lord, we do just lift up Carmen. We, we first of all, we thank you that she's yours, that she knows you, 
Lord, but uh, you know her circumstances. You you know all of the details and everything that's going on. And 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 Lord, we just pray uh, for a touch, Lord, that uh, that you would just come. And uh, Lord, if it needs to be something uh, supernatural, miraculous, all healing is in a sense, Lord. But uh, um, we just pray that she would receive that touch from you. That you would just comfort. That you would strengthen. That you would heal. Uh, Lord, that you would uh, not just heal physical wounds, but that you would heal uh, spiritual wounds and, and, and uh, uh, Lord, other factors, uh, Lord, that, uh, that contribute to this. Father, you, you know all things, and um, Lord, you know that uh, we know that uh, love, uh, as you say in your word, can, can cover a multitude of sins. And so we just pray that, that your supreme uh, agape love would just come upon this situation. And uh, not just bringing physical healing, but bringing spiritual healing, Lord, that you would draw people to yourself uh, even through this, Lord. Uh, but we do lift up Carmen to you. We lift, lift her up to you right now. Um, we just pray that you would just work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Thank hey, I, you brother. You betcha. And, and you know the, the beauty of this program is is that now... You know, folks have the opportunity all across the country to be praying for Carmen right alongside of you. So, I will appreciate it. I will appreciate it. Yep. And we'll continue praying. And and do us a favor, if you're able to, uh, give us a call back uh, on the program uh, maybe in a few days or whenever you have additional information and and let us know uh, how things are going. I will. I will, brother. Thank you. Appreciate it. You betcha. God bless you, Ricardo. We're going to be lifting you up. Thank you. Thank you. Folks, just keep uh, continue to keep Ricardo and Carmen uh, in your prayers, and uh, we just see what the Lord might want to do. Let's go to Mary in Harrisburg, PA. Mary, welcome to the program. Hi. Is it Jason? It's Jason. Thank you for calling. Yeah. So I just heard the other caller talk about the book of Job, and I missed some of what you said, but I was always curious about where the dinosaurs and cavemen fit into the Bible history and the time period, because, uh, you know, the Bible dates only go back to, was a couple thousand years, right? Well, we've got in the Bible, we've got about uh, over 6,000 years of history, if if you add it up. And um, so let's talk a little bit about, we, we can talk about... Um, I, I don't like the, the the term caveman. I think it's misleading. Um, I'm not. That's not to you, but I maybe like to redefine that term a, a, a little Please. bit and 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 throw some other ideas out there with you. Also, as as well, you know where we where we might place the the, the dinosaurs and 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 so forth. Um, but uh, typically, you know, the, let me first of all give. Uh, and you probably had an education similar to mine, similar to probably most of the listeners. And unfortunately. And, yeah, and, 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 you know, so there's this idea that there's Neanderthal man and, you know, and and uh, all these other prehistoric men and that they live, but before they lived, there was a dinosaur and, you know, a great meteor came and struck the earth and all the dinosaurs mm-hmm. died and so on and so forth. And, and all of that was preceded by a big bang and, you know, we can't get in, of course, into all of it, but, but what right. we find in the Bible is, is that um, most of the time we're placing the dinosaurs uh, prior 
to uh, the flood. And, and you, you probably heard the program from last week where we were talking about the book of Job and placing Job in the time of the patriarchs uh, a couple of thousand years before Christ. Uh, so uh, we're talking about a time uh, then after uh, the flood there. And so, you know, the Leviathan and, and some people, uh, you know, are, are speculating that the, the creatures that he describes there are dinosaurs. Um, but if we're talking about the patriarchal period, then we would probably, uh, well, not probably, we would be well after the dinosaurs. I would suggest to you that that one uh, plausible theory, and I'll get back to the, the caveman discussion in a minute. Uh, by the way, they have found human footprints uh, in fossilized uh, footprints uh, of dinosaurs. So so that's another fascinating thing that kind of throws a whole wrench into the there were dinosaurs and then there were human beings. Uh, I mm-hmm. would suggest to you that that when we look in the scriptures, we see um, that, that the earth was a very different place preceding the flood. There was no, uh, you might have heard me say in that, that program uh, that you were listening to uh, in the conversation about Job, because uh, we're on a, on a uh, you're hearing the, the, you're hearing me last week, you're hearing me right now, right now, but uh, uh, the program that you're probably listening to was from a conversation we had last week. And, and uh, what's interesting uh, about that is, is that, that during the time, uh, of Job there uh, that, uh, uh, you know, these, these or well, actually, I mentioned in that conversation that, that um, early on there was a wad, there was a, a, a atmosphere, possibly a, a water canopy uh, around the earth. And so what we see is we see very large creatures. Uh, we see enormous ferns and plant life and things like that that existed even at the poles uh, prior to the flood. And so one idea is is that uh, you had very large creatures like the dinosaurs. You had very large plant life that existed on the earth uh, leading up uh, to the flood uh, and then that these creatures were destroyed by the flood. And then that would make sense too that in certain parts uh, of the earth you had people living simultaneously uh, with uh, perhaps certain dinosaurs. Now, when it comes to, to cavemen and Neanderthal, uh, you know, uh, Neanderthal being named for uh, uh, civilizations living in the Neander Valley there uh, in Europe, uh, what they're finding uh, or what a lot of people have found that disputes the, the, the information that we have been taught is not that these were somehow prehistoric human beings with, uh, you know, um, different intelligence or unevolved intelligence or anything like that, but that in, in a lot of cases you're dealing with one of two things. You're either, either dealing with something that's not human at all. In a lot of cases they found uh, skulls of, of uh, extinct orangutans and other animals. They'll find them often miles apart uh, from bones of human beings and they'll put them together and say that, in, in, and sometimes they'll find them in different strata of the earth. They'll put them together and say, well, this was a primitive human being. Uh, that's what they did, uh, uh, well, uh, something similar that they did in Africa with, with Lucy. Uh, I believe her scientific name is Australopithecus, but, uh, you know, trying to say that Lucy is an ancestor uh, when all she is is, is an extinct version uh, uh, of an ape. And so they start trying to create this transitional forms uh, that just don't exist in the fossil record and speculating about their intellect. Uh, what we do know is that there are people that live in 
in ca- lived in caves in the Neander Valley and elsewhere. They drew on the walls of these caves, but uh, we don't know anything about them having limited intelligence or anything like that. Sometimes uh, in, in certain human cases, they may have had slightly different bone structure, but it was still human, and so uh, we would debate that. So that's kind of my take on the cavemen, the dinosaur, the timing. We would place it pre-flood, probably relating it to the climate that existed on the earth, the dinosaurs ending uh, with the time of the flood perhaps existing alongside human beings uh, that, that were not much different and certainly not evolved uh, or pre-evolved. Okay, and then related to that, my brother had his ancestry thing done. and <laughs> Yeah, right, part, okay. And yeah. part of what he found is he's part Neanderthal. Yeah, they and say so that to everybody, by the is, way. What is that? Is that of any relevance to anything? Um... No, it's, it's totally made up because here's the thing. It's coming from ideology. So if you go to Ancestry DNA or 23andMe or any of these, yeah. every person I've talked to has got the same results. So what, what they're saying is they'll take you back. You have different results, maybe your Eastern European origin, maybe your African origin, maybe your a- 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 Asiatic or something like that. Mm-hmm. They'll do that, but then they trace you back to some prehistoric uh, root, typically Neanderthal, man, uh, not because because of genetics, but because of ideology. Wow. Okay. okay. And so, yes. yeah, that, that, that's, that's, uh, that's their faith in evolution that's, that's doing that, and uh, mm. unfortunately not science. So fascinating right. conversation. Unfortunately, I got I to gotta run, Mary. We got to take a break here. God bless you. Hey, folks, you're listening to Calvary Live. Jason Vanderveer here with you. We got to take a break, but we'll be right back. Take care. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. phone or put it in your contacts there so that you can join us anytime Monday through Friday here on Calvary Live. Great, uh, great program here. And there's all sorts of uh, wonderful pastors who uh, regularly serve uh, and answer your questions and pray with you on this program. Uh, I have the privilege of occasionally uh, coming on and filling in for some of them. My name is Jason Vanderveer. I'm the pastor of Calvary Chapel in Parker, Colorado, and uh, you can get information about our church at Calvary Chapel Parker. Dot com calvarychapelparker.com that is uh, our web address and uh, our phone number here uh, as i said if you want to join me on the air let me give it to you one more time 303-690-3000 303-690-3000 and uh, appreciate all of you listening uh, up and down the front range of colorado colorado wyoming uh, welcome to you and all of our Truth FM listeners. Thank you so much uh, for uh, making this program part of your daily routine. Appreciate all our listeners in Kentucky, North Carolina, and Tennessee. And then uh, those of you in the Northeast listening on Hope FM, uh, thanks to all of you as well uh, for uh, being such a big part of this program. Maryland, New Jersey, Pennsylvania uh, had a chance to uh, to 
talk to so many uh, of you uh, and uh, always enjoy that. It's been great to see virtually getting calls uh, from, from all of our listeners in these various, various states. Uh, so that is excellent. Hey, I think we've got another caller lined up, Wani, uh, calling us uh, from the East Coast. Wani, uh, hopefully you can hear me. Welcome to the program. And do we have Wani? Did we lose? Uh, maybe we've got Wani. Maybe Hi. We d- oh, there you are. All right, great. Welcome. Hi. Um, actually, I live on the Eastern Plains. And on the Eastern Plains. Is, gotcha. My question, who, if you're a non-denominational and you follow the Bible, mm-hmm. you have elders, but the elders are don't have a lot of authority. Who is the pastor accountable to? Um, used to be the um, budget was available to parishioners, and it's no longer printed up. Um, it's hard to find somebody to ask about the budget. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and what, what I told the word to, because I, I, I'm really struggling with this. You know, why, if we have elders, but you don't listen to the elders, why do you have elders? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm, you know, and, and it's good. I appreciate you not, you know, just kind of keeping it generic uh, like that. I think it's good. A lot of people can glean something from this conversation um, that we're going to have. I, I think first off, let's begin with the, the broader reaching subject that you're bringing up, and then maybe we can kind of drill down into some of the more specific questions that you ask, because I think that they're important questions to talk about. Um, but first, you know, who, who is the pastor accountable? Uh, ultimately, the pastor is accountable to, to the Lord. And, you know, here's the thing, regardless of what sort of church structure you have, whether or not you have a church uh, that is a denominational church, uh, or whether or not you have a church that is non-denominational, or you have something that is maybe on the spectrum somewhere in between those two, um, you can have, unfortunately, problems with leadership. You can have uh, abuse of power, or you can have things go wrong. And so even in, in you know, the, the most st- strictly organized uh, structure, uh, you know, the pastor is still ultimately accountable uh, to the Lord and and answers to the Lord. And, and the bottom line is, is that, you know, if you're a dishonest person or, or whatever, you can fool people. Regardless of what the structure is, you can. Uh, and, and so, unfortunately, there isn't a, a, a foolproof system. So in order for the church to work well, the pastor has to recognize his accountability to the Lord. Uh, secondly, the church has to trust uh, their pastor. If one of those two things doesn't exist or they both don't exist, there, there's going to be a real problem. And so no, you know... Uh, kind of structure is really going to solve those kinds of problems. But what I will tell you is, is even if a pastor tries to fool leadership or he's dishonest or he's not accountable or whatever, the Lord's going to take care of it. Because what what we realize is how much the Lord cares about his church. Sometimes okay. it takes time. Sometimes these things, you know, they, they take a season to come out. But but the Lord is, is going to take care uh, of his church. And unfortunately, you know, they're... There aren't really statistics to, to say, well, this type of church structure works better and has less problems. You know, quite honestly, you know, I've seen 
problems in, in, in all types of forms of church government, uh, whether it was an elder-led church, whether it was a, a church that was more led by the pastor with a pastor's advisory board. So having said that, uh, let me tell you, you know, what we do at our fellowship, what a lot of other Calvary chapels, I'm, we're affiliated with Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel is, is not a denomination, but we have thousands of churches that we're affiliated with uh, around the country and actually around the world. Um, I, I've the, I'm the pastor of the church. Uh, I have what's called a, an elder board. It's also uh, called in our bylaws a pastor's advisory board. Uh, if if for some reason you know I was doing something that I shouldn't, there are provisions in our bylaws for our advisory board uh, with uh, other pastors in the area to be able to address uh, those things. But also what there is in our bylaws is a, a provision to keep the board from from you know waging a coup and and mm-hmm. and trying to kind of hijack the church you know i've seen both types of problems having said that is our structure perfect is it foolproof can there never ever be a problem no, I, I, I wouldn't say that. At the end of the day, uh, you know, more than we depend on our bylaws, uh, far more we depend on prayer and, and we depend on the Lord to, to protect us and, and to put that hedge of protection uh, around us. Now, t- you mentioned a specific question regarding uh, church finances. Um, you know, I, I understand the hesitation. The times have changed a little bit. I, I don't think churches publish as much information perhaps as they did in a certain season in this country. And I don't think that that's necessarily good or bad. I think it probably depends on the congregation. Um, what what I recommend, though, is, is that there be transparency. Um, we don't distribute at our church, we, we don't distribute uh, financial statements or, um, you know, monthly or annual reports or things like that. Uh, I don't have a problem if people do. It's just we don't do that. But if people would like to see those, uh, we do make those available for them to look at. Again, we don't distribute them electronically. Uh, we don't mail them out, uh, but we will produce them. They're welcome to come into our office and sit down and, you know, and to look at them. Uh, and so, uh, and, and to ask any questions, by the way, that they might have about that. And quite honestly, it's very simple. And, and I would welcome anybody looking at that because I, I've joked before, you've heard of a shoestring budget. What they discover is we have like half a shoestring. And so you, you see what I'm saying? So oftentimes, you know, that that's eye-opening for them. So I think churches should be transparent. You know, they, they should say, look, this is what, you know, this is what our, uh, this is what we pay our pastor. This is what we pay for our building. This is what we pay for insurance. This is what we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're giving in missions. This is what we, we do in terms of, you know, community missions or, you know, whatever areas uh, that, that they're supporting. And, and, you know, and I, I would have no problem doing that. I think a lot of pastors would have no problem uh, doing that. But, you know, if you behave in a way uh, that, uh, you know, that is above board and is, um, people can kind of see what's going on anyway on a day-to-day basis, it tends to leave them with less questions. Well, thank you so very much. I really, I've taken some notes and yeah, Yeah. I, I really appreciate it. You bet. And, you know, like I said, that's just one perspective. There there may be some things, you know, in your church that what I've just said is not exactly practical. You know, you would have to kind of have that conversation with them. And, you know, if you get to a place where it's it, you maybe come to the conclusion that there are some issues and those can't be resolved, you know, the Lord will show you what to do at that time. I thank you so very, very much, and you have a blessed evening. You bet you. God bless you, Wani. Bye. Take care. 
303-690-3000. And uh, we've got a uh, – I don't have a name here. We've got a caller from Philly, though. Do we have our, uh, do we have our Philly caller? Hello. Uh, this is Paul from Philly. Hey, I Paul. Well, yeah, welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, I, I just have a question. I just think I'm a Catholic, and I, I uh, think even my Catholic leaders are not truthful in the sense that they, they pretend that they, they don't notice that a 99.9% of one party in the United States votes against life, marriage, mm-hmm. freedom of conscience. And they, uh, they want to make freedom of conscience mean only freedom of worship. You stay in you. That's fine. You know, do your superstitious stuff, but as long, don't bring it into the public square. My point is, they'll they'll, they'll say, "Oh, we can't. Everyone has to have free, you know, weighty issues." And yes, I understand that. And and they speak out on the issues, but they they don't mention this one fact that I just said: ninety nine point nine percent of all one party. Votes against life, marriage, and freedom of conscience, not just being worship. Being mm-hmm. and the other party votes the opposite, and not just votes, but appoints Supreme Court judges and local judges. And so my right. point is, they almost. So I'm I'm saying, well, I, I I know the Catholic Church, but I would I see that I think that it seems to be the same in all the denominations. So my question is, yeah. I think Jesus would want us to be more. Clear. In other words, saying I can't tell you how to vote, but I'm not going to pretend that God didn't give us a, a brain to know that one party votes 99.9 percent. See, people don't know that. I mean, people that follow politics do, but the, in other words, they're not telling people how to vote. They're just saying, people, wake up and use your brain like God. So yeah. my question is, why aren't they, or shouldn't they, be more more truthful and? and and saying, and in other words, they always back up and just say, "Oh, well, you have to use your own conscience." And well, of course you do, but don't yeah. pretend that. It, in other words, if people don't do what I'm saying, um, well, there's we, there's there's consequences to it, and and you know, um, so I, I mentioned to a, a, a caller last week, and so I'll kind of. Um, uh, by the way, I don't disagree with you. Um, let me just say that right off the top. I mentioned to a caller last week uh, that, uh, you know, there's a – so as pastors and, and as leaders, as Christians in general, you know, we, we've got to kind of, you know, use our time, our, our, our voice, everything wisely. And so sometimes, yeah, a lot of times there's going to be opportunities and there's going to be a responsibility uh, to voice exactly what you're saying. Sometimes, uh, and, and really a majority of the time, uh, our responsibility is to focus on the preaching of the gospel. And what we find is is that outside of a, a, a transformation, uh, someone being born again, uh, as Jesus said in John chapter 3 to Nicodemus, of having a spiritual rebirth, um, that, that their ideology, their is not going to change, and it often changes overnight, and they understand these things. So the gospel is the greatest uh, uh, way of dealing with those, uh, while obviously dealing with the greater sin issue and the salvation of mankind. But having said that, going back to the fact that I agree with you, um, we have a great responsibility to encourage people, and and I know a lot of the pastors that I know myself uh, included. Uh, uh, you know, we'll t- I I don't have a problem telling people how to vote, uh, and I'm not afraid of losing tax exempt status. That's a you know that's a ruse, and and if I had to give that up, uh, or in order to keep that, I had to not tell the truth. Then what's it worth anyway? Um, but the 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 reality is, I don't have a problem telling people vote according to the scripture. 
And, you know, if you find that these candidates over here, you know, if it's one party or if it's just these from this party and these from this party, granted, to your point, uh, typically tends to be more Republican Party candidates tend to support uh, a lot more of these moral issues. But even not always, unfortunately, now I think we're entering into, sadly and tragically, a new era um, where almost we need a, a, another party or another type of biblical candidate. Um, but if you have those candidates that are going to support life, they're, they're going to support Support the the disenfranchised. They're going to support those uh, that are hurting and are, who are struggling and and uh, who need protection. They're going to support uh, the elderly. Uh, you know, they're going to support uh, biblical values. Uh, they're going to appoint justices uh, to courts that also support those values. Then those are the candidates that are worthy of your vote, and you as a Christian have a responsibility to vote in, accordingly or to bear some of the responsibility. Uh, for the demise of the society, and 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 yeah. you know uh, that's a message that we need to deliver. Well, okay, it's just I, I, it, it just seems like there's. I, I think they could just yeah. say what I said, like not not telling people how to vote, but just people don't yeah. use your brain. God, ninety nine point nine percent of one party is voting one way. See, they don't know that, and that one little fact could could actually change. Uh, save yeah. lives and, and save marriage and 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 in addition to in addition to what you just said too a, a very simple message study your bible and vote accordingly you know study your bible and vote accordingly and 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 it's and it's and it's really simple so hey paul i really appreciate uh, you calling in and, and i think it's a, i think it's an important encouragement uh, to whom much is given much is expected we have a lot of responsibility uh with the freedom that we've been given in this country god bless you Hey, 303-690-3000, if you've been thinking about calling, pick up your phone and dial that number. Let's go to uh, Mahonan in Maryland. Uh, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank God. Um, I have a question. Uh, yep. I'm, I'm yeah, I have a question. Yeah. Um, does your prayer change... Uh, um, the course of uh, in your life, like uh, the decision of God. Got it. I think I. Uh, yeah. Let me re let me repeat back. Yeah, to you. I had you know some you know some time ago, um, Cal Calvary Chapel uh, pastor teaching about about this, and uh, I just I just want to uh, know you your your opinion or what what the Bible says. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the Bible, of course, has a, has a lot to say on prayer. I'm kind of thinking through some different passages, deciding, you know, where I want to go here first. But but let's talk about the subject of prayer, and specifically your question, uh, Mahonan, about the subject of prayer. And that's what, what essentially I hear you asking, correct me if I'm wrong, is do our prayers change the will of God? And, and the answer to that question is no. Our, our prayers don't change the will of God. Uh, our prayers unleash the will of God. In other words, sometimes God is just waiting. He, he has his will and his plan, and he's going to accomplish it, and we're not going to change it one way or the other. But God is waiting, uh, allowing us to be a part of what he's doing uh, through prayer. And so uh, I like what James says in James chapter 4. Uh, he, says, uh, he, he says that, that uh, you, you don't have, you do not have, uh, James 4, 2, uh, because you do not ask. 
And so sometimes uh, there, there are things that are not happening or not happening yet, not because it's not God's will or not because we need to change the will of God or something like that, but because we haven't prayed to unleash uh, the will of God and God is just waiting for us to, to partner with him in prayer. And, and that is, is part of an amazing aspect of the sovereignty of God is not that, that we somehow can change the mind of God or, or the will of God, uh, but that, that God would allow us to, to be part of his work and part of his plan. Okay. Okay. It's yeah. So, um, I mean, like, you know, if you are, if you are, uh, if someone is ill and if you, um, if you pray, um, I mean, if, if it is a will of God, yes, uh, God will heal the, the, the ill person. But, um, you know, sometimes can God, you know, increase your... Uh, I, I, I read some, somewhere okay, God um, increased, um, uh, you know, how long, how long, uh, you know, a person will, will live in this... Oh yeah, certainly that happened with Hezekiah, and uh, Hezekiah, but yeah. yeah, but but it doesn't seem that he changed the mind of God. It seems as though God was already going to do that, and 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 again, to my point, it's because Hezekiah prayed. Uh, then 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 the Lord opened that door at that time. Um, I'll, I'll remind you know myself, you our listeners of the Lord's Prayer uh, in in uh, first there in Matthew six um, where he. He teaches us to pray, and and by the way, the Lord's Prayer is really the disciples' prayer. It's a model prayer for us. It's not uh, necessarily a prayer to pray daily, but a framework with in which to structure our prayers. But but He taught us to pray, "Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." And so we should always remember that that we're not changing God's will through our prayers, but that we're actually submitting our prayers uh, to the will of God. And, and, you know, there's nothing wrong. In fact, that's, that's expected uh, that we pray, you know, uh, Lord, if you're willing to heal, heal. If, if you're not and you have something else in mind, then, then please do so. If, if, if this is your will, then open this door. If not, close that. Open another door. And so our prayers need to always be yielded uh, to the will of God and never be designed to somehow change the mind or the will of God because that's futile. Okay. Okay. All right. Please. Yeah. Thank you. God bless you. You betcha. Thanks for calling in. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Jason Vanderveer here on Calvary Live. Let's go to Lee uh, in Thornton, Colorado. Lee, welcome to the program. Oh yes. Thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. Um, I have a brother that's dealing with some very serious spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Um, he is uh, alcoholic, uh, battling with a sexual identity. Mm-hmm. For many, many years, it's it's gotten very extreme now, and he is schizophrenic. Okay. Um, so he he's in he's very he's not healthy at all. Um, we went to go see him not too long ago. He's we've experienced demonic presence, yeah. voices that are coming out, uh, a language I've never heard of before. Um, I just need to know um, how I've never experienced anything like this. How can I do my part? Um, can you give me advice on how to be included in 
his healing or um yeah what so what let's let's back up a little bit and and i'll move in the direction of you know uh, some some ideas that i have for you but let's talk about um uh, about him for a moment so what is his what's his spiritual it, it doesn't sound like he's a believer um it, would that be an accurate uh you know is that your assessment as well it doesn't sound like he knows the lord or has any kind of a relationship with the lord right well, no relationship. Um, he may have. She says he believes, but from from his lifestyle, I yeah. would say not. Yeah, and, and 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 he's demonstrating, if not outright possession, some sort of demonic oppression in his life, and and and, mm-hmm. and that's kind of that's the greatest indicator too, you know, because God doesn't share us, you know. We're uh, I've, I've I've mentioned that to people before that you know we're not like an apartment building, and in this apartment lives God, and in this apartment next door lives Satan, you know. Uh, uh, Paul says that in Corinthians, you know, what accord is Christ uh, with Belial? You know, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, and and uh, so. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's the first issue is obviously, you know, his his salvation. You're dealing with a lot of things uh, going on. You mentioned, you know, sexual identity uh, and, and, and a lot of other things uh, associated with that. And the enemy just seems to have a really, you know, firm hold uh, on him. And and mm-hmm. and so you know obviously the 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 first and foremost is is to be praying and I would encourage prayer and fasting and those that'll join you in prayer and fasting you know for his salvation and for uh, his deliverance but then also mm-hmm. uh, you know prayer and 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 fasting at those times when you're going to be with him uh, for mm-hmm. for your protection and and for wisdom and uh, we see that you know Jesus uh, there there's uh, uh, you know a, a passage there uh, where the disciples uh, can't uh, cast out uh, a, uh, a demon in, uh, mm-hmm. in, in Matthew 17, and Jesus says, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And and mm-hmm. even if even if we're not dealing with possession, just some sort of you know a, a oppression, um, you're still mm-hmm. dealing with a very serious uh, spiritual condition and 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 hold and and so you know you need to approach it, it with with the uh, the most uh, uh, serious um, you know spiritual perspective. And so that would be my encouragement to you. If you have, do you, are you plugged into a church right now? Do you have some church leaders that can assist you with this as well? I am plugged into a church. Um, I, I'm I'm not getting a whole lot of um, okay. resources though, and we have prayed. He has allowed us to pray in his home, mm-hmm. and um, and he's even also praying too. Which I know, right. um, I know the enemy. Um, you know, even the you know the demons believe and sure. they know the Bible, that type of thing. Yeah. So, you know, I know that that's a good thing that he's still allowing us to pray with him. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm just trying to find out, is it healthy for me to be in that, in that, um, be present with him? Sure. When I feel this, this de- demonic spirit? Well, uh, I, I think you've got to ask yourself the question of, you know, who... Who is going to intercede on his behalf? You know, so if if it's if there is someone else that that you know the Lord is called to go and and to minister him and to pray and to do battle and and it's not you specifically, you know that then then I suppose that's okay. But but if you're the one that God has put in his life, you, you know, battle is 
is is uncomfortable it's unpleasant it doesn't feel good it's it, it, it's it's painful it's hard to watch and and that's why we don't want to be in these situations i would say that it it it, it it's not wise if you're not um at a place where you're ready to do that kind of battle, you know, as as a believer. In other words, if you if you don't feel that you've gotten to the place, um, you know, in in your spiritual growth. And by the way, I'm not saying a place of perfection, but a place where you're, mm-hmm. you know, ready to, to be engaged in spiritual warfare. Um, mm-hmm. You know, then then maybe not. But otherwise, you've got to have that perspective. Look, I'm in a battle. Um, the Lord has put him in my life and me in his life. And um, you know how, as Paul says. How will they? Uh, how, how will they be saved unless someone preaches? You right, know? right. Unless I mean, someone I, shares I, the gospel. I'm not with turning them, my so. back on him, but right. Yeah. But I just need to be equipped, and yep. I have yep. been. You know, I. This is making me stronger spiritually, yep. Yep. and and yeah, I'm willing to go into the front lines. And, well, then it sounds like you're the. It sounds pray. like you're. The, yeah, you're the right person. I think that you just mm-hmm. got to know that if you're uncomfortable, that's okay. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's mm-hmm. okay if you're in that situation and you're uncomfortable that's okay um i would be worried if you were comfortable you, mm-hmm. you know my encouragement is just make sure you know ephesians 6 applies you know you have that full armor of god uh on mm-hmm. and make sure that that you're prayed up and matthew 17 mm-hmm. 21 not just for him but for yourself and 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 prayer and 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 fasting uh mm-hmm. you know for him and for you and and you go on that approach and the lord's going to work you yeah. know, but don't okay. be afraid. Don't don't be afraid. No, no, I know. Yeah. I, I I'm I know. I'm not. Um, yeah. I just I know God's timing is not my timing. Yeah. And yeah. So, um, but but there's know, nothing wrong. Yeah. I don't I, I don't want to give you the impression. You know that uh, that uh, that that there's anything uh, you know wrong. And so um, let me. I've got just about a minute left. Let me pray for you uh, briefly Thank here, you. Lee, before we let you go. And I, I really do Thank appreciate you. you calling about this, Father. I lift up Lee to you. I just pray for for faith. Uh, I pray for strength. Uh, I pray for for wisdom, for protection. I pray uh, for the salvation of her brother, Lord. I pray that you would use her, um, and I pray that you would just deliver him and cause him to be seated in his right mind, worshiping and serving you. We just look forward to seeing what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, Amen. listen. Thank you yep. very much. I appreciate that. God yeah, no, and, and give us a call back if you have some follow-up on this. Let us know, you know, how the situation's progressing, okay? Okay, great. Thank you very much. God bless you, Lee. Hey, folks, you've been listening to Calvary Live. Jason Vanderveer here with you. Join us this weekend at Calvary Chapel Parker, calvarychapelparker.com, as we continue in the book of Judges on Sunday morning. It's been a pleasure being with you, praying with you, answering your questions. You know, guys, I love this program. Love all of you. God bless you. Have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.